0: Well, welcome to uh, Christian challenge again to everyone. And, um, let me introduce you to, uh, Max Barnett. For those of you that don't know him, um, Max is a guy that I think people from around the country, actually from all around the world, really, uh, kind of claim, uh, in a lot of ways, Max is one of the guys I know that has been pivotal in my own life and just helping me not only, uh, walk with God, but also helping me as far as just understanding a lot of things about ministry and just a lot of things about life. Max has, has really done that. And he's been a, a dear friend for uh, over 40 years. And so, uh, Max, uh, what I wanted to do today was to ask you some questions, if we could, and to uh, take some time to uh, kind of uh, uh, explore a few things. Will that be okay? Okay. That'll
1: be
0: fine. <laughs> That'll be great. Hey, Max, um, we had talked a little bit the other day about um, a talk that uh, Louis had done on uh, 20 inches from Mercy and how he, he had kind of talked about, you know, uh, so many people today uh, are, are trying to figure things out and, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And, and, uh, he referenced Second Chronicles 7, 14, where uh, God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will answer them and, and I will heal their land. And as he, as he talked about that, he said, really, the 20 inches is from our feet to our knees. And as, as we really bow our hearts before God and pray, that God really answers that. And what I wanted, wanted you to uh, speak a little bit about is what are some things you've seen God do in your life as you've taken God up on that and, and really prayed? Well, you
1: know, Neil, one of the great things about it, and I think a lot of times students think, well, you know, we're not that important, but God has promised, given phenomenal promises if we'll pray. One day, uh, Jesus came down off the mountain, and here was this demon that the guys couldn't cast out, and they wanted to know why. He said, because of the littleness of your faith. That's why they couldn't do it. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move or there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. And so I began when I was in college to memorize some of those verses about prayer and things and just, I mean, there's a phenomenal number. I know recently I made a, every morning in my quiet time, I look at one promise on prayer. And so I had 31 of them and there's a whole bunch of others. And I'm just amazed at the promises God has made for common people, it's for everyone. And it wasn't just for the disciples because Jesus was going to say, and whoever, I mean, will ask these things. And so it's not, you know, you don't feel like, well, I'm I'm a nobody and I God won't answer me because I hadn't walked with God all these years. And I think it's a danger when you're a college student and think, Oh, you know, God won't do anything with you when you're thirty-five or forty. And that's absolutely wrong. Because God has Promise, you know, and there's a difference between maturity and spirituality. You can be very spiritual when you're very young. Mm-hmm. And so it's a matter of are you rightly related to the spirit. Try to get this. And uh, so I I started asking God to do some things, and I I began began to say now. Let me just tell you one recently. We were facing the thing of trying to build a student center here at the university. And we needed $6 dollars. Million, $6 million. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of money. And how are we going to do that? So one day we went to this one guy and we're sitting in front of his business and we know he's got some money. And Kirk Humphrey is one of our former students with us. I said, Kirk, what are we going to ask him for? Well, we'd prayed God would provide. He said, let's ask him for a million dollars. I said, okay. So we go in and ask him for and a million dollars. He doesn't throw us out or anything. Doesn't. <laughs> a few days later, he calls and calls the Baptist bill and said, how much money do you still need? We said, well, we need 4.2 million. He said, well, I'm going to give it to you. He did. And so, I mean, that's just one answer to prayer recently. I began to see God do things in college as far as, We'd pray, we saw people come to know the Lord. You know, I prayed about a wife, I'll tell you that story later. But just the phenomenal things God, and you know, God will do things if you'll pray that he will not do if you don't pray. And so we've just seen God do some amazing things. When I was in college, we began to witness. A guy came in the room one night and said, I've never let anybody to the Lord. I said, well, do you want to? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, let's go witness. We'll go every night until somebody becomes a Christian. And we started doing that. And people did become Christians. And we began to get the opportunity to go to other campuses and speak. And, and uh, I can just tell you story after story of the thing that God's done. But I want you to know, if you're a believer, you have a great God. All you got to do God has promised if we would pray, He would answer. And so, and that's the great thing you see about prayer is faith, trusting God. And a man came to Jesus one day as a leper. And he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me. Jesus reached down and touched him and said, I'm willing. And God is so willing to answer our prayers. Not always in the time we want, or maybe the exactly Way we want, but we don't want anything. I've lived long enough. You don't want anything, it's not the will of God. Yeah, and so pray and trust Him, and you'll see God do
0: amazing things in your life. Well, that's a good word. Hey, Max, uh, I know you were talking about how sometimes we think that God we have to have some kind of position, uh, before God before He hears us, and that's really not true. And you know, I think there's students that often don't really feel like God can use them in some significant ways. And I know that that's, that's standard across the board that people can believe that. But I know when you were a student, you really saw God do some significant things. Could you share with uh, students some of the things that, that you saw God do in your life uh, while, while you were a student there in school?
1: You know, one of the things I'd say about that is, First of all, realize who you are. You know, uh Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. It's God that gives the increase. So then neither is either um, plants nor either waters, but it's God that gives the increase. And in first Corinthians he said, God's not chosen the mighty, the noble. Why? He's coming just a common people. Why? That no flesh should glory in his presence. And so you know, I I guess I just realized who I was. I wasn't all that smart. I didn't have all that much to offer. But as I read the Bible, I saw I had a great God. So I began to pray. And uh, we began to get all these invitations to go to other campuses to teach people how to witness. I didn't know much about it. The way I started witnessing one day, I just was praying, and said, God, I want to be the man you want me to be. And I'd planned to be a veterinarian. I said, when I get my veterinary hospital, I'll try to make enough money to personally send a missionary. <laughs> oh, God would really be really excited about that. But I sensed he wasn't. He said, I want you to be a witness here now. And it wasn't a voice. It was just a deep impression in my mind. And so I started down the hall. And there's a guy in the dorm. And uh, he had his door open there. And, I walked by and looked at him. I went down in the hall and I read the bulletin board. And, and I went to walked by his room again, got a drink, and read the bulletin and board and got a, I was afraid to wait. But I finally just said to him, Hey, I'm a student here just like you. I won't tell you what Jesus has done for me. So that God began to help me with that. People began to come Christians. We began to travel. <clears throat> One of the places I went was uh, Moorhead, Kentucky. When I got there one Friday night, I, I met or, or Saturday night met with only five or six students there in the BSU. Uh, I mean that night, small group, and I talked to them about witness. And I could tell they were scared to death to witness. So we met back Monday night. They brought some friends, and I was trying to help them. I said, "Hey, why don't you do this?" It was a it was a state campus, and and at that time the dorms were far more open than they are now you could walk into any dorm i said why don't you go to the dorm and knock on the doors of guys invite them down to the lobby and i'll come in let me get this and i'll come into the lobby and uh and share a testimony and and then we can you can just see the guys that are interested and follow them to the rooms and witness to them. So that's what we agreed to do. So I went over at 10 o'clock at night. I couldn't believe it. People all over the place. Now this is a big lounge area. And uh, I just couldn't believe the number of guys there. And so I, I said to one of the fellows, how'd you get all these guys to come to this meeting? He said, we knocked on the doors and told them to come to the lobby. We're having a dorm meeting. And I said, did you tell them the nature of the meeting? And they said, no. And see, they thought the doormaster called a meeting. And if you, if you broke a window or you didn't check out right, you didn't get your grades. So they all thought it was a compulsory meeting. This is Monday night before finals were to start on, on Wednesday. And so <clears throat> I said, guys, if, if you're deceived in the reason you're here right now, you can leave. But if you stay for the next 20 minutes, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I'm going to tell you how he changed my life and how he can change your life. Now, guys, before you leave, I want to tell you this. If Jesus doesn't change your life, you're going to mess up your life. And someday you're going to marry a girl and mess up her life. And you're going to have kids and mess up her life. So if you want to leave, feel free. But that's what we're going to do for the next 20 minutes. Nobody left. I mean, not one person left so i shared the gospel for about 20 minutes and then said if you're interested in talking further about becoming a christian i want you to remain the rest of you feel free to leave and nobody left so i just again went through the gospel and nobody would leave and i finally said guys you can sit here all night if you want to i'm not gonna cheapen the gospel to get anybody to say i'd become a Christian." Because if you ask Jesus come in your life, he will. But he's going to work on you the rest of your life to be the man you ought to be. And so finally, I took the Bible. And Romans 10, 13 says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I just laid it on the floor. I said, this whosoever means you. If you want to be saved, come put your finger on that verse and claim it. Well, they started coming. They were reaching over each other's shoulder. shoulders. You couldn't even get close to the Bible. So I couldn't believe it. I just, and I met with them till wee hours of the morning. Well, the next day was Tuesday and I said to one of the girls, ask the dorm mom if I can come speak to one of the girls dorms. Now there were two men's dorms, two women's dorms. I said, ask the dorm mom in the dorm where you are if I can come speak. She said, you don't know our dorm mom, and no way you'll speak on this camp. I said, well, ask her because the spirit of God is working. And I went up on the hill that day and just spent the morning praying. I'd, I'd never seen God do anything like this before. So she went and asked her dorm mom. She said, yeah, we'd be glad for him to come speak. So they invited the girls from one dorm to come over to the other one. So I go in that night and I, I began to speak and one girl began to cry. And then another girl, and another girl. And I thought, I don't want this to be some kind of emotional meeting. So I just said, I'm only to end in word of prayer if you want to talk about becoming Christian, leave the dorm, they had to go down underneath the stairway down the hall, and the BSU director was a single girl who lived in the basement of the girls' dorm. I said, I'll meet you down there. So I dismissed them. Some of the girls went back to the dorm, to the other dorm, but girls started going down the hall. They were all along the hall. And what i wanted to happen was the Christian girls to. To speak to others, so they began to do that. And I had sat down, had three of them sat on the couch and I told them, and then I looked at my wife oh, I gotta be at the other men's dorm, I hadn't been in the night before. So I run across the campus, I walk in, there are people all over the place. Now finals were to start the next morning. And so I, I just couldn't believe, and there's one chair vacant in front. There's a doorway behind me as I'm speaking, I said, guys, if you came to hear a great sermon, you came wrong place, I just want to tell you about Jesus and how he changed my life, how can change yours. And this guy, as I'm speaking, walked in behind, behind me, and he walked right beside me and stopped there and just stood there for a moment and stared at me. Strangest thing. And then he sat down in that chair with one vacant chair in front. And so after a while, he stood up and he said, listen, I'm an atheist. He said, until the night, I didn't even believe there was a God. He said, I got here kind of late, and there's just one thing I want to know. How do you become a Christian? I said, you can be saved anywhere, anytime you'll ask Jesus to come in your life. He said, man, I'd do anything. So I said, well, let's kneel and pray. You could have heard a pin drop. Nobody moved. He prayed. He stood up, and I said, well, what happened? He said, man, I feel like somebody took a weight off my back. I said, great. But did you ask Jesus come in your life? He said, yes. I said, did you mean it? He said, yes. I said, what happened? He said, well, I feel better. I said, let me ask you a question. Did you ask Jesus come in? Yes. He <laughs> it? yes. What happened? And he finally saw it. He said, he came in. And that's what I wanted him to see, not rely on his feelings. So then I noticed one of the guys <clears throat> on his knees over, I found out later is a 26-year-old one, of either golf or tennis coach. Made my way to him, I left the service in this guy's hand. He just turned around and said, guys, y'all know what a dorm clown I've been, but I'm not clowning tonight. Why don't you come give your life to Jesus? And so <clears throat> I stayed till the wee hours of the morning dealing with students. I found out this student, this boy that had been an atheist, the week before, he had gathered the guys down in the lobby and they stood up on the piano and that had a mock religious service. And somebody told me, said he had just mocked Jesus Christ. Well, he had gone home that weekend because finals didn't start to Wednesday. He didn't have a class Monday Tuesday, So he came back in Tuesday night not knowing anything that had happened. And so God did a phenomenal work. Another place I went, Tennessee Tech, met with some guys. And uh, we met till about three o'clock in the morning the last day, I was talking to them about Guys, why don't we move somewhere this summer? We'll live together at night, we'll read the Bible and pray. I'll teach you everything I know about Jesus. I had never heard about disciple making. Nobody had ever talked to me about that. But that's what I, I was trying to do. And I said, we'll just move somewhere, rent a house at night, we'll you know, working day and then at night we'll read the Bible and pray, memorize verses. So I go, I catch a bus at five the next morning. I knew if I laid down, I'd never catch that bus. I spent the rest of the night up. Caught a bus, and when I was there, the guy at Ridgecrest for the student conference said, Max, there's a guy here from the Billy Graham team. Would you like to meet him? And I'd heard of Billy Graham. So I went over to his room, the guy's name was Waylon Moore. And he said, Dawson Trotman was a guy and said, you know, guys would live with him and the day they did work at night, they'd read my Bible and pray and memorize verses. I could hardly believe what I was hearing. It's just like somebody that had a recording of what I'd said. So all of a sudden, for me, the fog just lifted, and I remember I met with Wayland the next morning for breakfast, and then I went back to N.M. and I knew what I needed to do the rest of my life. I wanted to give my life to making this. That was great, Max. I'll tell you
0: what the. Um... You know, one of the things, Max, I think that people, um, students especially deal with here is is trying to figure out, okay, um, who does God have for me as far as like uh, uh, a girlfriend, a future mate, a boyfriend, a future husband and stuff like that. Um, can you share with students a little bit about how God uh, dealt with you on some of that? I'd be glad to. I'm a freshman at Texas A&M. Now at the time, it was
1: an all men school. So I'm 500 miles away from home. I don't have money. I don't have a car. And so <clears throat> when I'm a freshman, one time our, our uh, Christian challenge leaders, what you'd call it, was was uh, speaking. And I'll never forget her point. She's, she had three points, your God, your goal, and your gal. One of the reasons I know, because I wrote it down, and by the way, when you go to class, you take notes. When you go to church and hear a message, you ought to take notes so you'll remember. So I I remember I went up to her after that and I said, you know, Ellen, I'm 500 miles away from home. I don't have money. I don't have a car. I don't have opportunity to be dating much. And right now, I think God wants me concentrating on my walk with the Lord and trying uh, you know, to live for him and my studies and i don't have time to be dating but you know i don't think that'll limit god from bringing the girl into my life when it's the right time and she said well max i agree with you but you'll just have to prove it in your own life so i walked back to the dorm praying god in due time bring the right person into my life well i didn't date hardly at all i mean it was rare to have a date but one Summer, I'm home and I'm at church, and there's a group of us. Uh, we had what we call training right before church, just people our own age meeting together, and there were probably 12, 15 college students. And we were talking about, and that night we were talking about evangelism. And I was sharing with the group what God was teaching me at AM. And I noticed this real attractive girl. I mean, she was beautiful and she was really listening. And I thought to myself, I may ask that girl for a date. And I thought, yeah, you're a little old deceitful, Art. The reason you're so interested is so, she's so cute. And I thought, well, yeah, but Lord, she really seems interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, that week, so that week I prayed about asking her for a date. And I had as much peace about it as you can have when you're scared to death to ask a girl for a date. And so I, I called her and asked her for a date. So I'm in getting ready mom walks in. She says, she knew I had a date and she said, son, what are y'all going to do tonight? And I said, well, mom, if we could do what I wanted to do, I wish we could just go get a coke and talk about what we were talking about Saturday night. She said, son, you need to learn something about girls. She said, by the way, I'd gone home, I'd never heard about disciple making or anything and this was before I'd met Waylon that summer. But there's a Young guy in the choir, I noticed a high school student. So I had started meeting with him. Just God just put it on my heart, help this kid. So he'd come out the house and night, a lot of time we'd read the Bible, we'd walk down the country road and pray. His name was Palmer. He later became BSU director Harden Hardin Simmons. And so <clears throat> mom said, well, girls aren't like you in that Palmer. I we'll want just read the Bible, pray all the time. They won't do fun things. And so I said, well, yeah. So I go up to pick up the girl, and in our little town, there are two theaters. And so I said to her, well, at this theater, this is showing, and this is other, and what would you like to do? She said, if we could do what I'd like to do, if it's okay with you, could we go get a Coke somewhere and talk about what we were talking about Sunday night. I said, yeah, we could do that. So that's what we did. And I pull up in front of her house and she starts to get out and she starts crying. And I thought, what's going on? I said to her, I said, what's wrong? She said, I didn't know there were guys like you still left. I said, what do you mean? She said, you know, my dad was killed in the war and my mom was trying to make a living for my brother and i she later remarried and my stepdad was killed in a car wreck so i was left at home a lot while mom worked she was a beautiful girl and she said boys would come over to our house while my mom was away and i did a lot of things i'm not proud of but she said when i went away to college there's a group of girls in my dorm who went to the baptist student union christian challenge whatever you call it and she said they were having a bible study in my dorm and said then i started going with them to their meeting and she said i became a christian i was so excited and i was growing and one day this bsu president asked me for a date and i thought oh boy that's gonna be great and she said i'm we went out on this date and said max He couldn't keep his hands off of me. He was just like the other guys. She said, I didn't know there were guys like you still left. Well, you know, I went home that night praying and I thought, you know, God, someday you'll lead me to a girl that's interested in what I'm interested in. I never dated her again. She went back to school where she went, I went back. But God used that in my life to give me hope and I think to really encourage a young lady. So then I'm home uh, and I felt like while I'm in college, concentrate on what God has for me, and I pray. And that's one thing I'd encourage you to pray about. Pray about it daily. And I used to pray day after day, God, give me the girl you want me to have. So one time I'm home and my mom says, son, you're going to wait around till all the good girls are gone. <laughs> and my sweet wife, Sandra, 54 years likes to laugh every one. was said, yep. You waited a little late to like, look what you got. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> I didn't wait too late. So one time I'm home, Christmas, and I'm in the kitchen reading my Bible. And my mom comes in, she says, son, you need to go to bed. You look bad. <laughs> well, I've never looked anyway way but bad my whole life. She said, you're so thin, you need to get rest. And so I got up and went to bed. But after a while, mom and dad are sleeping. I didn't feel like I was doing something God didn't want me to do, but I just felt like I really wanted to seek him about a wife. So I got up, went in, I'm reading the Bible, and I come across Proverbs 18, 22. Now this is in the King James. So girls don't be offended when you're called a good thing, okay? And so it says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing, and obtains favor of the Lord. And so I thought, that's interesting. And immediately a verse popped into my mind I'd memorized sometime before, Psalms 84, 11, The Lord God is a son in the shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. And then another verse popped in my mind, Psalm 34, 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord shall not walk for any good thing. Now, there was that good thing, good thing, good thing. And I look back at those verses. It says those that walk uprightly and those that seek the Lord. So I prayed and I said, Lord, you said a wife's a good thing. And he that finds one obtains favor of the Lord. And God, I haven't walked up. I have tried. I can honestly say I haven't done it perfectly. But I can honestly say, for the last three years, I've tried to walk uprightly and seek you. Well, I am claiming your promise for a wife, and I made notes. I still have them today. Wrote down the notes that day. Those verses that, in due time, God would lead me to the right person. And another verse came to me that well, and I looked over in the next chapter, Proverbs 19:14. Houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers. You might inherit riches from your father, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And I knew a, a, a mate is a precious gift from God. And I thought, when I meet her, I want to share with her. And I'd memorize Psalm 34, three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And I thought, that's what I want to do. So we shared that. I didn't meet Sandra probably until two years later. I was 28 when, got, when we got married, she was almost 26. But you know, it wasn't, a day, it wasn't a day too late for me. I needed to grow and focus on walking with God. And I think sometimes in, in college, students worry too much about the job they'll get or what they'll do. I know <clears throat> I'm a senior, two weeks before we're to graduate, there are about 17 in my major field. i transferred, I hit chemistry and physics and thought, Whew. Vendure medicine is not the place for me. Mm-hmm. I changed to animal husbandry, animal science is called now. And I love that. And so there's 17 of us in our major, two weeks before we graduate. We're walking back one day and they're all talking about what they're going to do. One's going to be a cattle buyer for a Swift and Company. Another's going to manage a ranch. Another's going to run this feedlot. One of them said to me, he said, Max, what are you gonna do? I said, I don't know. He said, man, you better be finding out we're graduating in two weeks. And I went back to my room, I prayed and I said, God, you know I've tried to witness to those guys. I'm the only one out of that group that's trying to walk with you. And I'm the only one that not know what I'm gonna do. And then God put it on my heart, exactly what the next step was. See, I could have been worrying about that the whole time instead of concentrating. And that's why I would say to you as college student, you spend time in the word. Now, while you're in college, memorize verses. Get your time with God. Witness, concentrate on what he has. Pray, and in due time, God, if God wants you married, and it may be that occasionally, there may be someone and God's given a gift of singleness, or maybe they'll marry later in life. That's okay. I mean, if if God doesn't want you married, I don't care who you married, you married the wrong one. So you want the one. And somebody says, well, do you think he can only marry one? I don't know, I just know one thing. God will only lead you one. So, yeah, maybe you could have married, I could have married, but I know one thing. We prayed and when Sandra and I, and we determined we're gonna pray We're not gonna get married till it's obvious this is God's will. And God made it so clear. I knew that if I didn't marry her, it'd be
0: disobedience to God. Not all that, but I wanted to marry her. (laughs) Hey, Max, can can you speak for a minute to, um, what are some disciplines right now? What are some uh, habits that you would encourage students to build into their life that'll really give them the life that you're talking about that'll really uh, help them to really not only know God, but really walk with Him and, and, and really make, uh, make decisions that really honor Him. Okay.
1: Well, Neil, you know, 1 Corinthians 3.11 said there, other foundation can no man lay than that which is, which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So I would say build your life on Jesus Christ. The most important thing every single day is your relationship to Christ. Even if you got married tonight, you know what your number one responsibility is in the morning? Still walk with God. That's the most important thing every day you live is your walk with God. So begin with putting God first. For me, that meant getting up and having a quiet time. If you can't do it before class, I I would do it in college. When's the first time you can spend time with him? Maybe I'd have an hour off between classes. I'd spend time reading the Bible. And I started reading the Bible. Someone told me one time that you could write verses on cards. Said this guy had learned that when he went to Moody Bible Institute. And I started memorizing verses. I'd come across a verse. It spoke to me. I began to memorize it. And I would say now, while your minds are keen work on scripture memory, work on having a quiet time, meeting with the Lord every day. Hang tight with your, with your Christian challenge group. I'm thrilled that Christian challenge is far more than Baptist. You can be Methodist, Catholic, anything or nothing and be a part. And so hang in with your Christian buddies, Hi. When it comes time for your meeting, be there. When you have a chance to go at a retreat, go. <clears throat> and so I would say, those are some of the things, the best things to build in. You wanna be in church. You know, I've just decided, I don't have any better place to be on Sunday morning than in church. If I drive in, it's two o'clock in the morning before I get home from a retreat, it's not debatable where I'll be for Sunday school and church the next day. And so, These are things that if you'll build solidly, it's like if you have a jar, you want to fill it with rocks and different size. You put in the big rocks first. The big rocks, your fellowship with God, your quiet time, reading the Bible. And by the way, it's legitimate to read the Bible more than once a day. You know, I wish I would learned this, but my senior year, I never started studying at night, but what first I'd read the Bible. You know, sometimes you may have, Three hours to study, you don't really get three hours of good studying done. So I would think, I want to make sure everything's right between me and God. So first, I'm going to spend some time in the Word. Maybe 10 minutes, maybe turn out to be 30 minutes, may turn out to be an hour. But then when I had to study something, I said, God, you know all about this. I don't know much. So I'm going to hit it hard. Put the big rocks in first in your life. Then the other little things, like when the Sooners play football, I'm gonna be watching them on television, but you know what? I've worked on my verses. I don't go to bed at night, but what I've worked on my verses, staying up a few minutes late, 10 minutes late at night, it's not gonna wreck your health. And if I hadn't reviewed them that day, I'm gonna stay up and do it. Put the big important things in your life. Then you're gonna have plenty of time for fun, social media, other things, but get the main things, the main things.
0: It's a good one with Max. Max, um, we need uh, to kind of draw time to a close, but are there are there final words that you would have for the students here, things you'd want to know?
1: I would just say to you, those of you that are USC, you're in one of the key places in the world. There's not anyone I have greater respect for than Neil and Melinda and or, uh Jeremy and Katie and Aaron and the others that work with them. People that love you, that have given their lives, raise their own support to be there. No guarantee. I remember when Neil went, he had a good offer for a, a salary position, a good budget in North Carolina. or He said, Melinda, we can go to USC. How much will they pay us? Not one penny. And that's where they went. I have such great respect. For your leaders, hang in tight with them and with the, with the group there. Major on the important things, your time with God. God will lead you as to where He wants you to work, what He wants you to do, but pay the price now. And you know, there's verses that I memorized in college now, I'd not take a million dollars for. If you had the ability, if I a million dollars, you could blot them out of my mind. I know when I was a senior, God put it on my heart. I was averaging taking 20 hours a semester out of a lab four afternoons a week, and I memorized a verse a day for eight months, and we'd read 75. I don't recommend you do that. Take it at a slower place. You, do, you may do one a week or two a week or three a week, whatever you do. Memorize those verses. review them every day for a couple of months. I do that every night before I go to bed, my new verses. I just don't go to bed till I review them. If you'll do that, pay the price now. It'll pay off for the rest of your life.
0: Max, thanks so much for the time. And thanks so much for giving the time to this. We really, really appreciate it.
1: Can I pray for them before we leave? Please do. God, I thank you for the students. I know they're scattered all over the world wherever they are. And Lord, I know some of them are home and that's very hard because sometimes, I mean, it's even hard for the parents. And sometimes their brothers and sisters, I pray they'd be servants where they are, find time to get along with you, really love their parents and serve their parents, their brothers and sisters. And in this time of kind of isolation, Lord, it would be pushing them to you to get time with you and we thank you for their lives and bring them back to USC to have a mighty witness there and from there to ends of the earth because we prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: Matt.